Welcome again. It's Growing in Grace Together. I'm Joel Brzezinski, and my uh, regular co-host of the Growing in Grace program, Mike Kapler, uh, he's not with me, but you can listen to our weekly podcast, Growing in Grace, anytime. Uh, all the uh, programs are archived at graceroots.org. And with me again, Mick Mooney, the Searching for Grace comic strip. You can find that at searchingforgrace.com. We've talked about that. We've talked about... we. Mick, we spent um, one of our pr- times here together talking about tithing, and and uh, some people, you know, that's not what we wanted. That's not what we had planned on talking about. But the way that that conversation went, I just thought it was really encouraging, and I think I encourage our listeners to go back and and to listen to that one as well as last week. You had talked about, and and I'm just going to use this word: the supernatural way that you came to Christ. I mean, for everybody, it's supernatural. <laughs> but you know, there was something about. Your story that you shared that you really didn't even know that it was this born again experience that you were going through. You didn't know the terminology. You didn't really know, and you didn't even read the Bible for the first year. That was fascinating, and it encourages me just in the fact that this whole life is about the grace of God. It's about the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. You know, we try to make it about ourselves. We try to make it about what we can do and our efforts and about the flesh and, you know, what we can prove to God through the flesh or or trying to maintain this relationship with God through fleshly means when really it's the opposite way. And I was really encouraged with our last conversation uh, about how um, your life in Christ had kind of begun that way without any knowledge of all this biblical stuff. But it was just the Spirit doing it, and so I know you'd like to continue with some of that uh, this time. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think my heart and what I learned through not having someone teach me anything, but just list, just letting the Spirit kind of lead me and show me, I, I think inherently came to understand grace, you know, as the nature of God, as mm-hmm. the very characteristic of who He is, and... Um, you know, when you read scriptures like um, "Sin shall not be your master, because you're no longer under law, but under grace," you know that for me translates to, you know, sin won't master me because I'm not under sin or I'm not under law, but I'm under the very nature of God. You know, so mm. if the nature of God is my leader and He's in me and He lives in me, then of course I'll live the God life. You know, and that's grace. You know, there's this huge freedom in grace because, you know, if you have the very nature of God. Um, do you need a, a prison to to keep you in? Do you need walls to to stop you from breaking rules? You know, does God need walls? You know, <laughs> and of course not. And we don't need them either because we don't need the boundary lines. We because we're living with the nature of God. And um, and I think in my early walk with God, that just kind of seemed natural to me. Um, and it's not to say that I was perfect. I mean, you know, I I just share something else with my beginning. You know, I was a non-believer, so it, when you're talking about, you know, sex and so forth, things like this, um, I was all for having sex. You know, this is like, this is a very normal thing to, to believe for. And when I accepted Christ, when I asked Him to, to come into my life and to lead me, God did some huge changes in me in terms of, He just revealed Himself to me, you know, and my I was set free and I was light and I communed with Him and connected with Him and... uh but I never said to God, "I'm sorry, I was having sex with girls or with with uh, you know my girlfriend or with I, well, I wasn't even having sex, at, you know, but I wanted to." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and but I remember walking that first year and maybe the first six months, even saying to God, "You know, God, 
I don't really know why I shouldn't have sex, you know, and um, and I'm not agreeing with that whole point, just to let you know. Um, but, you know, you're the leader, you know, and I don't want to do anything without you, so you can help me understand that whole point. You know, I never kind of said, oh, I'll do anything for God. It was really like when I, you know, Lord, unless you give me an understanding on these things, then what can I do, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that journey was quite interesting because God really, you know, my mindset was kind of like, you know, you start at the very, very end of like, man, I'll just have sex with a one night stand, you know? And then you think, well, no, no, only if I meet someone, Lord, and, and I start dating them and we're in love, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but you know, the spirit never kind of, cause the spirit's not a commander. See, when you get told that's what the spirit is, then you learn to believe that and then you just lose that whole connection with the spirit because people try to tell you that the spirit is somehow this mean commando right. that's going to hammer you when you don't agree with him. Um, but the spirit itself is love, you know, the spirit is love, the spirit is grace and, and the spirit trusts the nature of God will bring change. And so God was always so graceful and loving and, you know, we're just walking together and by his grace, I never actually slept with anyone but you know what I mean but if I had the opportunity you know and uh, I think it would have been a different story but but I find that interesting that as I was walking uh, with God and then I would say well okay then no not going the whole way but maybe some other things are okay but you know God both I guess protected me in the sense of didn't allow me, me to get in that situation but also gave me the room to really walk with him and come to an understanding in my own spirit, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it did, it didn't take too long, you know, maybe six months where I kind of came to the place where I really had a revelation, you know what, you know, women are a gift, you know, they're just such a treasure to somebody and God's got a treasure for me out there somewhere, you know, and and I started looking at women from an eternal perspective, you know, and started to see just the value that they had in, in God and the value they had in the heart of another man that's going to marry them. And, and this changed everything in me. And I was like, wow, you know. And from that point on, I don't even know if I kissed a girl until I met my next girlfriend like six years later or something. I, don't, I can't remember. But, you know, I think that the, the journey that brought me to a place where I actually understood from a God perspective women and and relationship and so forth is what allowed me to be really strong in that area uh, until I got married and and I've got a wonderful marriage now but I wonder if I had have had a quote unquote accountability partner or mm-hmm, mentor mm-hmm. what would have happened in the end to me because I wouldn't have changed it I think or I would have wanted to but would have failed or you know and and that's another thing with the spirit of we've got to let people walk and we can, of course, share our heart and explain stuff um, to people, but but also trust that the spirit is, you know, the spirit understands the person. We don't understand people, you know. We understand rules, um, but I just think that um, that God was also showing me in those things. Even in, I didn't understand everything straight away, and some things I didn't even agree with. But because my heart was, it wasn't like I want to do this, God. And therefore, you must be okay with it. You know, isn't, that, like that. isn't that interesting and, and just awesome about the difference between walking by rules and laws and walking by the Spirit? And, you know, if it's, if it's rules and laws, it's thou shalt not 
have sex or thou shalt yeah. not do this. And then the flesh person, the person in the flesh is trying to refrain from that, is trying to stop doing that. Whereas walking in the spirit, it might not be a, an instant thing where it's like, wow, all of a sudden, oh, I just, I'm just not going to do that. But it could be a gradual thing. Like you said, it could take months. It could take it could take years uh, for, and and the Holy Spirit isn't sitting there going, "Doggone it, he's just not getting this." Uh, <laughs> how many times do I have to try to get him to understand? And mm. you know, it's that's it's it's law is is so focused on you shalt and you shalt not. Whereas life in the Spirit, I've noticed this in my own life, it's not about every single behavior that he's trying to change. He's he, it's like I've got this behavior and he's got to he's got to change that one because it's wrong. It's more like over the course of time the Holy Spirit will work. I've noticed he'll work in my life certain changes out. Sometimes they're instant, sometimes they're quick and and sometimes I'm still you know, I'm still working, you know, there's still things going on in my life these days that were there 20 years ago and it's cool. The, and it's not like the Holy Spirit is sitting there going dog on it, you know. And so yeah, anyway, beautiful yeah, right. stuff about the, the life of the Spirit versus law and rules. Yeah. Well, you, you see the result of, of a life in the Spirit where you can easily... This is the whole thing of we've got to have confidence in the Spirit. It's, again, it's not to say any anything that people think of. If we take the perspective of uh, we just follow God's heart of love, you know, understand He's not for love for, for you and for others... You know, when we've got a heart that says to, to to Christ, you know, you're my leader. So, if you give me revelation and insight and in the empowerment to to walk the way you want me to, that's what I want. You know, mm-hmm. but um, but we can't look at a written code and just say, well, I'll just do that for God because, you know, I I've had experiences with um with friends and so forth in in my Christian walk and going through Bible college and stuff, where you know they were really really in the huge trouble in terms of pornography and things like this, um, which I I never, I mean, I looked at it when I was younger, you know, before I was a Christian, but in my Christian walk and if the whole time, I never had a, a problem with that. I didn't, it wasn't never even a power to me. And I really credit that to that whole walk I had with God where God was okay with me being weak and not understanding and not even agreeing that that should be the way, but... You know, he saw my heart was for him. He saw that my heart wanted to understand, but just took time. And when I did understand, I was totally liberated from these sexual problems that hinder so many men. Mm-hmm. Whereas some other guys in college that grew up in the institutional kind of church and were told from day one what you don't do, and they, maybe they didn't have sex, you know, but they were total bondage to pornography in in the darkness of the internet room or whatever, you know, and um, and this is the thing, when we tame the flesh, you may get away with some things that are obvious, but, you know, you people just get pushed into more condemnation in, in more dark corners, and, you know, obviously that's not God's heart. God wants us to be free, and so I think we, you know, it's it's difficult because we all want the best for people, and we think that we can tell them how to make the best life possible with God, but um, you know we've got to put trust in the Spirit. The Spirit will lead people. We can just help them have confidence in the Spirit and let them see the Spirit that they'll fall more more in love and more confidence in in the Spirit, and then you know things can work out. But I don't know why I'm sharing that. But I just think 
people, everyone's got different, something different, you know, and um, mm -hmm. it's okay if, if you don't know why now, that's okay, you know, but it's the whole point of don't say, I don't understand that. I think that's wrong. Therefore, I close the door on that. Mm -hmm. And I just keep doing what I want. It's like saying, no, just say, you can say to God, look, Lord, I don't understand this. And it doesn't really make sense. But you're my leader. And, you know, you're the one that's promised to lead me into all truth. So my heart's opened. And if you give me revelation, insight, and most importantly, the empowerment to live in a, a different direction or whatever, then that's what I want. But I'm not changing unless you, you kind of show me and lead me and, and empower me and and we can trust the spirit will actually do that, you know. Right, um, it's got to be but it's him. A, it's a scary place for some, I guess. Yeah, I think it is a scary, it, you know, because uh, it's. I think many people find comfort in rules, or or they find some sort of a, a false security in rules, and uh, it, even even when they find that the rules aren't working, well, uh, I can always go back to the rules. You know, I, I I see a rule that I'm supposed to follow, so I try to follow it. Uh, I missed it that time, but I can always go back. Yeah, you know, I can always go back to those rules, and so there's a false sense of security in that. Whereas, the you know the a theologian named uh, Walter Brueggemann, I've quoted him quite a few times. Um, he described God as wild, dangerous, unfettered, and free. That's a that can be a scary thing, you know, to have this God be our God, uh, because it's not always, in, it's, it's well, let me put it this way, it's never in a box. It's It can never be boxed in. We can never put ourselves in that false sense of security when we've got this big wild God who we can trust, who is taking care of us, but we don't always see the results immediately. We don't always see what he's doing. So to throw ourselves into trusting uh, this wild, dangerous God can be scary, but really, in the end, it's it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to live this life. Yeah, you've got to get lost in His love. You know, you just got to. You just can't. You should be so deep in His love, you can't find your way out. You know, mm. if, even, even if you wanted to, you know, you're trapped in His grace and in His love. You know, and when I say grace, again, I'm saying you're trapped in His nature. In his nature. You know, you're gonna, you're like gonna walk you in that. his ways. You can't get out of it. You're, you're living in his grace. You're living in his nature. You know, and um, and that's where we want. That's where we want to be. You know, and um, the Christian life. This is the thing. Is is um, Jesus came to end religion, so that we could all come out of it. Whether whether you're in the the Jewish religion or whether you're in a pagan religion, everyone could come out of religion. And come into Christ and and not have these divisions amongst us, and that's what's going to bring peace amongst people. But you know, and again, this is just my opinion. We seem to have built another religion, you know. And so instead of actually the plan of Christ coming to fulfill the perfect religion, which was the Jewish religion that no one could could fulfill, but Jesus then did it to establish a new covenant which is a covenant of grace, which everyone can enter into, whether Jew or Gentile, and become one with him. And there's no more of these temples and, you know, it's like that whole thing of shadows and reality. You've got, in the Old Testament, God has got a shadow, which is the temple. And everyone is all over the world, you know, but God says, you know what, come to the temple and uh, worship me here, you know, and bring offerings here and do this here. And God's like, everyone's got to come into this place, this one place. I want everybody to come into this one place. And the shadow of that is the temple. 
But the reality, of course, is in Christ. That's God's true heart, you know. I want everybody to come into this place. Mm-hmm. You know, come into Christ. He's the temple, you know, and we have been built the temple, you know, in Him. Right. That's the reality, but, um, but we have not taken on the reality, in, if we just say, let's say, uh, in terms of all Christians in all time. Uh, instead, we have rebuilt the temple according to the pattern of the old covenant. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, we're off to the wrong start from the very beginning. We're trying to understand how do we walk in the spirit inside the confines of this religion and you know how is that ever going to work really right. uh, it never makes it because the spirit's too radical it's too wild it's too glorious it's, you can't tame it you know and uh, the only the only place big enough uh, the only the only place the spirit can't can be free enough is in Christ because Christ is the only thing big enough you know anything else is is a wall way too close that's just going to get destroyed and knocked down and you know, um, and either you just kick the spirit out, you know, in order to keep the walls secure, or you have trouble, you know, and, and that's the, the danger when we build a Christian religion is we try to fit theology into a structure that's, in my opinion, not meant to be there, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we end up, instead of having this beautiful thing of coming together and eating and drinking and, and loving one another and in this mutual time remembering Christ, you know, and having communion in that sense, you know, we have these little tiny shot glasses of grape juice and <laughs> a bit of cracker and, uh, you know, we're all facing the front in an auditorium and it just seems strange to me, you know, like, um, is this really what what Christ meant by by doing this? But... The challenge is that it's not a matter of whether this is what Christ meant or not. It's we've got to fit this part of our faith into what we're doing here. And therefore, we need to find a way to make that work. And, and we end up twisting theology to fit into our systems. And, and that's, I think, one of the great challenges. When we can live by the Spirit, you know, and um, live in an organic expression of our faith where we don't have a quote-unquote kind of temple place, but we all recognize we meet in Christ, and, and we do meet together, but, you know, that's not the focus. The focus is actually in Christ. We, this is where we recognize our unity and our togetherness and our oneness. And then, you know, the outside world should not be able to look at us and, and see that we're religious. I think we're meant right. to confuse the world, you know. We're meant to... Because people don't like religion, you know, um, mm-hmm. and... And when they can put you into the box of religion, then they don't have to worry about the, the problem of God. But when, when they can't put you into the box of religion, but they see a genuine faith and a genuine love and full of grace and you, you've you got this great insight into to the nature of God, but you, you don't buy into any religion, including the Christian idea, I think that confounds people and it, that challenges them because when they can't dismiss you because they can't put you into the box of religion... Then they address actually the issue of of God, you know. And, yeah, then there is a real thing that they can <laughs> that they have to deal with. That's true yeah. with the real God. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. I think that um, yeah, these are some of the the, the challenges, you know. Um, like I was speaking with some friends the other day, and really trying to what we're doing here in in Hamburg is is meeting together and just being real honest and saying, look, let's have a blank canvas and not defend things, uh, you know, because it's easy to kind of say, well, we need a church service because it helps bring people into 
church or whatever that I don't know God or they have all sort of reasons in which to do it or not and and what we're trying to do here is say well look let's not kind of just say because it's a good quote unquote good idea let's just keep doing it but let's actually say well let's just take a fresh look at what Christ has accomplished for us is it possible to live an organic Christian life where we actually do meet together regularly but it's it's an organic way in which we meet and we can have believers all over our local area that know each other that recognize we're one in Christ, you know, so we're in the church together because we, but but to the world, it doesn't look like a, a religion. There is no no place and, uh, and you know, we don't have answers here, but, but we've been honest in going on this journey and and we want to encourage other other believers, you know, to take up this thought, or, you know, and say, hey, look, let's look at really letting the Spirit kind of guide us and, um, and living an organic expression of our faith. We're not mm-hmm. trying to av- avoid anything. We want to really live. We want the life, you know, and, uh, and I believe it's coming uh, more and more. But mm. the world will never see that, you know. That's the thing is, um, is I don't think the world will ever, will ever witness the church shining in the sense of what we think is if, they, if we can put a conference on big enough, you know, right. we, we can send out enough flyers for people to know about it. And then the world's going to look at us and see see how big we are, and say, "Wow, God is working." Um, but it's not true. That's not right at all. Actually, you know, I've been in in the situations where I thought that you know, going to a conference with twenty or thirty thousand people, and in the middle of it, thinking, "Oh man, the whole world must see this and be amazed." But you know, something struck me when I was doing that. Is a few weeks later, there was another conference which was about five or six times bigger. There must have been 80 or 100,000 people there. But they were Jehovah's Witnesses. They filled the biggest stadium in Sydney, and nobody cared. Hmm. And I didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, and right. <laughs> but that's exactly what they thought about us when we were doing it. You know, but when you're in the middle of it, you think, oh, everyone must see this and give me God's glory. And, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know whether anyone actually cares, you know. And, um, and I don't think that, that that's really how God wants to work. I think God wants to work in that one person that lives next to you or that friend at work or, you know, your um, person you buy the groceries off at the street corner. You know, when they see the love of Christ in you and they see, it, they see the grace of God, you know, and they're touched by your life, you know, that I think to God is the kingdom really being established in the earth. And, uh, but the world is a, won't see a big picture of it. But I believe more and more as a more organic expression of our our faith on this earth um, is outworked that will be much more fruitful in terms of seeing the kingdom of God flourishing. Right, I think that's one thing we need to get our our minds off of is that it has to be something big and huge and fireworks and and uh, something that's just this awesome display that everyone will see because, like you say, you know, w- what does it really mean to them? You know, it's really it is in those intimate relationships or not necessarily has to be intimate but it's in those one-on-one relationships or in those little settings where you know christ in me in me not christ in this big huge setting Mm -hmm. but christ in me is displayed uh, to somebody else and and the torch might get passed that way so to speak not in such a huge way necessarily you know one of the big things that really rattled me and and caused me to 
to look at all of these things was um, I was in a church and, and really passionate and really trying to, to do something great for God. And it's all genuine, you know. It's not like I felt I had to do it for God. It's, it's I think, nearly everybody in the church just longs for God's dream to come true. Um, but it's just that we maybe have a wrong understanding of what that is or how that's going to come to pass. But I was pretty zealous for my church and was there all the time and was doing lots of stuff and was had a, lots of people kind of that were involved in what I was involved in. And uh, one time my mum was um, house-sitting a, a place and uh, she asked me to come over and, and stay with her. And I went over, it was a Saturday night and um, I had to be at church super early in the morning and when we were talking, she said, why don't you stay over? And I said, oh, I can't, you know, I've got church in the morning. And she said, oh, all right. But um, I could tell that she was disappointed or a bit sad, you know, and, you know, you can just tell these things. Mm-hmm, you know? Right. And I wrestled for about a half an hour of what should I do, you know. And in the end, I called my, my leader and kind of said, you know what, I'm, I'm not coming in to the early church or whatever, and maybe I'll come in the afternoon and help out or something, whatever, I arranged something. And then I went back to mom and said, you know, I'm going to stay over. You know, I, I, I called and I'm not going to go in the morning to church. And, you know, her face lit up and she was delighted that she could spend the evening with me. And she said something that really impacted me. And, and she said, you know, you know, I don't like asking you to do stuff these days because I know how much you love your church and how much you involve and how important it is to you. And, you know, and I don't want to disturb you. <laughs> mm. And, you know, I just thought, God, mm-hmm. if my mom can't connect with me mm-hmm. because I'm so committed to this program what do other people think of me mm-hmm. you know what do my workmates think or what do friends think that can never you know everything's always about the church program and and then the manipulation of if you want to spend time with them or come to church you know and and you don't see it you know but um, that really floored me and that made me really go away and say what am I doing you know I want people to feel comfortable and feel that they can connect with me and they can depend on me and and that really um, caused me to really relook at my life and uh, and what I was doing and took me a bit on another that was another stage of the journey I guess to to ask is this the genuine expression of of the Christian life you know and you know I came to the conclusion that it's it's definitely not you know and and that's the journey I'm on now with my wife and our kind of group of um, Christian friends that are here with us, we want to just know what's the the genuine expression where we're free in Christ, we're free to love, and we're free to to be there for people, and people are free to be there for us, you know, and hmm. and that's what I want to see. You know? Wow, that's beautiful. That uh, you know, a beautiful expression of the life of Christ there. I think, and it's it's not necessarily you know if 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 people are at a certain place where they're finding great joy and you know a great expression of the life of Christ in the programs they're involved in or in the uh, churches they're involved in or ministries uh, and and that can be a wonderful thing of course you know we're not saying uh, that those things are wrong but definitely I, I can relate to that how our service to you know a, a ministry or a program uh, can really take away from can take away from the true, genuine expression of the life of Christ in us with those around us, those that we love. And I think that's a 
that's a wonderful uh, you know story that you shared there um even you know in your own family how how that came across and uh mick mick mooney searching you'll never have, you'll never have me on again <laughs> i'm terrible this has been well see i was about to say (laughs) no mick this has been i mean this these four programs that we've done have been very very encouraging uh the the wisdom that you shared the insight that you have to to life in christ uh to the grace of god and, and how it how it plays out and how it's expressed in our lives it's you know i think it's it's just amazing how you're able to express it in such a way, in, in such a loving way, in such a caring way, in such a way that, that people, I think, really understand. I mean, I was all along here, um, if I was back in my Pentecostal days, I'd be sitting here going, amen, amen, and hallelujah, and all that stuff. And, you know, mean, I'm more, uh, much more reserved these, <laughs> these days, but sure. I was definitely agreeing with everything that you're saying. And, uh, and I really do appreciate you taking the time during all of these you know, four conversations that we've had to to share what's on your heart and to share the, the, what you've come to understand life in Christ is, and I think it's going to be a great encouragement for, uh, for so many people. So, uh, any um, last words about uh, you know uh, the Searching for Grace comic or, or your website? Anything you'd like to share about that, and, and then we'll wrap things up here. Yeah, sure. Um, if anyone, you know, I know a lot of people are on Facebook. Um, you're welcome to. Join the Searching for Grace page, and you know I kind of connect with a lot of people through that, and write articles, and uh, upload preaching, and also the comics kind of go on there. So that's a great place for people to, if you want to, kind of connect in with what I'm doing, and also my my website, and um, and keep your eye out for a book. You know I'm a writer, and I've got a whole bunch of projects on <laughs> on the stove, but um, one that is just about cooked is. Look, the finished work of Jesus, and that's a book that I really wrote just to help refresh the church and uh, just help us to remember such a beautiful life we have when we see the the fullness of what Christ has done for us. So, look, the finished work of Jesus. I'll I'll have it on my website when it's available, and it's going to be available through Amazon and a few different outlets. But uh, yeah, and you know, just uh, just to encourage you to. Just enjoy Christ and uh, whatever we do, let's do it with uh, a heart full of love and, and grace for one another. Oh, awesome, man. Well, from uh, the United States uh, to Germany, uh, thank you so much, Mick, for all the time you spent with us during the last few weeks. And, and yes, I definitely hope to have you here with me again. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right. Well, yeah. take care, Mick. It's good to talk <laughs> with right. you. See you now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.